Get updated with the hottest news in insurance, finance, and the newest innovation in InsureTech and FinTech in these difficult times. Hear it from one of the most known and respected voices in the industry, Dr. Robin Kiera, and his guest of today. Hey guys, this is Insurance and Finance live from the headquarters of Digital Scouting in Hamburg, Germany, and right outside New York City. And we have nobody less than the heart and mastermind behind the InsurTech Connect, the yeah, event that makes Las Vegas the capital, the global capital of insurance uh, each fall. Jay, thank you very much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure, Robin. Thanks for having me. Um, I think everybody out there, and I hope the audience is going to ask a lot of questions um, and, and is going to participate a lot. My big question is, um, am I going to be able to go to Las Vegas this year um, and, and, and be part of your great show? Well, you know, I think the answer is uh, I hope so, right? I mean, our entire goal is to bring people together And we would like nothing more than to make sure that everyone could be together, you know, sort of this fall. Yeah. And, you know, because this insurance and ITC, it, it is, it's an experience and there's an energy and we love it. Yeah, and uh, and I think um, especially for for those who have been already, um, and and for those uh, who have not been yet but have heard about it, I I know from a lot of people that that were planning on it, um, and especially with your also your international expansion to Asia, um, and um, not only ITC, there are also other great shows out there in Europe, in the US, uh, in Asia that that um, that that try to you know build the insurtech community, and but I think ITC has played a vital role there. Um, what do you think, um, um, how, how, how are things for, for, for you as an organizer? Can you organize fully or, or is there anything you, the insurance community can do for you or you wish we can help you with? Well, I mean, ITC began, you know, we, we've talked about the fact that, you know, an in-person event is certainly our business model. So having people together in person is a great thing for, you know, for, for our business, but ITC began because insurance is such an amazing industry and the insurance industry was starting to do something that we never thought possible. It was embracing yeah. change and saying, right, like, how do we do right by our policyholders? Like people are demanding more, right? Better products, better service. And, and we are the ones that have to deliver. And, and that's you know what ITC tries to encapsulate is all the things that are happening in the insurance world. So for us, you know, it really is about can we catalyze, you know, those conversations and those connections. So for, you know, as much as we absolutely want to, you know, see everyone, shake hands, give hugs, it's really about, you know, it's really about the insurance industry. Yeah. And, and that's where we're still going to keep our eyes, you know, sort of focused. Yeah, what I, what I really liked about these international events uh, like ITC is um, that we saw over the last two, three years people meeting that otherwise maybe would not have met. So what does that mean? That means maybe a mutual insurer from Iowa has more in common with a mutual insurer from Bavaria than maybe their you know, other insurance around the corner. Uh, and you know they exchanging best practices and ideas. So my question would be, um, 
What do you think the the current um, yeah shutdown also of events and and, and offline events has on the community? I mean, it, it is. I think we're still. It's amazing. You know, people talk about. I've heard every day is Groundhog's Day. I you know I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or not. You know the every day feels like a month or every day feels like a second. Uh, yeah. you know, but it's so it's hard to believe that it's really only been five or six weeks you know, in this new, you know, sort of reality. So I think there's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of exploration and a lot of innovation to still take place because we, you know, we'll talk to investors and they say, look, I, right, I have money to invest and I believe in insurance, but they don't know, am I going to write, you know, a, a multi-million dollar check into a company that I've never sat down with, been to their office. So I think there's, There's a lot of learnings that we're all trying to, uh, you know, sort of understand here of, of how to do the thing that we want to do, but knowing that we can't do it the way we're so used to doing it. I think you touched one of the hot topics of the industry currently. That is a situation of early stage uh, insurtech or insurtech that are looking for money for funding money, uh, where the business model leads a little bit more investment. Um, what do you think? I mean, you have maybe for the audience. I mean, the, the two only two people that might not know you, know you in depth, but it's not that you only like to call, organize a conference, but you're deeply rooted in the ecosystems um, and super connected and, and and have like really a close ear to the community. Um, what do you? What do you hear there in the insurtech world? How is it really a big topic? Is it or do people, you know, now um, um, still get, um, for example, funding or are discussions cut off? It's a big question. Yeah, so I, I think it's a little bit of everything that you said, and you know what we heard. So you know we we have heard, you know, investors who have said that you know they aren't hearing from entrepreneurs as much, so entrepreneurs aren't reaching out to them as much. And they think that it's really a the entrepreneurs trying to be respectful because yes, you know, for the past three four weeks, a lot of the attention from you know uh, you talk to almost any venture investor, and job one is protect the portfolio, so yeah. spend as much time as possible with the companies that they already have to make sure that they're in the best possible position to sort of weather an uncertain you know environment. And I think the You know, most investors that I've spoken to have yeah. had meetings. They've, you know, they have a good handle on, you know, where each company is at. And so now I think they're turning their eyes a little bit more external. And, you know, this is, you know, no one is trying to be greedy. But I think, you know, everyone, especially if you're an investor and your job is to look after your LPs, yeah. you know, It's hard not to see this as a time of, you know, I am there for the community and look, prices have been expensive to invest. So I'm not going to complain if there's a little bit better deals to be had as well. Yeah, I think I think that's a little bit um, one one trend that might happen, especially when we see an overall economic uh, downturn or I, I say bloodbath. But, you know, I didn't study economy. So uh, what do I know? But I, I think I think that's a super interesting point. But what you say 
uh, actually maybe also for startups out there that are listening right now that um, if, if you have investors and things are not good um, maybe now go to your uh, investor before things are better but I think that's something for all entrepreneurs not only for InsurTech and insurance um, I, actually that's what we did and that's what we always do with uh, also with our clients is to go to parties we depend on like right away we did this starting Friday 13th um, we did it two weeks before slowly because of other reasons but Friday 13th uh, was, a, was, a, was a hot day and um, I think that's super important for everybody um also when you have banks involved or something like that talk to them before things are bad i think that's something i mean it's a no-brainer but in you when you're as an entrepreneur and you're one yourself are in the situation it's always easier said than done you know but uh, it's sometimes good to hear it again that the solution sometimes it's easy just to you know, pick up the phone and call the person especially when you have uh, investors that can also help you not only like with more money but with expertise with conferring with uh, how to manage the team and i think that's super interesting but what i take away from what you're saying is that now after the people were looking or the investors were looking for protect their portfolio are slowly slowly looking outwards again. Yes, yes. And I and I think they will continue to do so. You know, I've talked to several entrepreneurs, you know, whose yeah. companies were in strong positions uh, prior to this happening. And, and you know, what's encouraging is that, you know, you hear a fair amount of optimism. You know, you hear people saying that. This is a chance for those who are doing well to put themselves in a position to do even better. And yeah. I mean, no one, right? No one wants to see, uh, you know, no one wants to see anyone fail. But no. you, know, you think about there is, you know, there's a lot of hype, uh, you know, in, 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 in hot markets and hot cycles. And so I think there are people who look at this to say, this is a you know it's it's sooner than we'd like, but we'll start to see the winners emerge, and the winners are feeling like, how do I put myself in a better position? So there is a, you know, I think we see some optimism both from investors, you know, and from entrepreneurs. Yeah, of course, I would love now from you to hear a name and say some names, but you won't. I totally understand that. I, I think the, the the everybody would love to hear that. What would be your guess? But what I, I really feel and see is that InsurTax or insurance, small, mid-sized insurance companies that have been super niche or that have a business model that works okay are now um, accelerating. Um, I mean, uh, we, we have here the, 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 the German Family Insurance, which also presented at IGC two years ago. Um, they are, it's really funny to see that they are now a mid-sized player, but that their stock price was not slaughtered, like the only one uh, in, the, in, in the insurance uh, insurance space. So that was really interesting to see. But we also see smaller players. Um, we had Get Safe uh, um, on, the, on the show yesterday with Christian Wiens, also, by the way, a big fan of ITC. And um, he also you know, they had the best month, they had their best months uh, in March. Um, I am um, why because a lot of brokers, for example, are sending them business. Um, or um, by the way, sorry, um, it, um, not not only only for GetSafe, but also for other insurtechs. A lot of traditional uh, sales channels are now using insurtech. Maybe they don't have the best product, but they have at least an underwriting process that works. And some insurer don't or takes forever. And now it's it, that can be also an opportunity uh, and accelerate actually uh, some someone's. But I would also love to to talk about um, the incumbents. Um, uh, what is your take? Have you seen examples of incumbents acting, and you were positively surprised? Well, yeah, I think we we were speaking with Munich Re. You know, maybe it was a, a week or so ago. And, you know, I mean, I think Munich Re has always been such a fascinating company because they've embraced 
you know, sort of insure tech early on, you know, whether it was sort of digital partners and yeah. now, you know, about their innovation lab. And, uh, you know, I think we were you know, talking to, to Gene and, you know, the fact that they are thinking about this as, you know, what can they do that's not, you know, not just long term yeah. trend, but, you know, sort of in the near term for, you know, sort of like this world. And so I think, you know, it's been, again, it's, it's encouraging when you see a company that is that global and that big and his, you know, you think of, it, oh, that should be so traditional, but it's, you know, we've got a multi-pronged innovation uh, approach and we're not pulling back from it. Yeah. We're going to you know, sort of like lean even more, you know, in to it. So, so yeah. I think it's, again, it's been exciting when we see something like that. Totally. I, I think that the, the reinsurers in general are a super exciting case. We have our friends in Munich and our friends in uh, in, in, in Zurich and, and all around the world. We have some great reinsurers, I think. Um, and uh, I'm always surprised about uh, the strategic moves of reinsurer. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, sometimes it's really impressive. Um, have you seen the direct insurance space? Some people where you're like, oh my God, I did not expect that they were, would, could go remote so quickly or that they, you know, that they suddenly do some, uh, some, some work for their clients. Um, have you seen there something in your ecosystem? Uh, I mean, I think certainly what was you know, kind of encouraging to see is that the, the, the sort of the, especially on the PNC side, and you think about those with big, you know, personal lines, auto business. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was, you know, it's funny. I was, you know, someone had said to me, oh, did you see progressive stock price? And I forget how many weeks ago this was. And I said, no, no, I really wasn't following it. And and then they were the ones that sort of said, well, you know, you know, when people aren't driving, there aren't going to be accidents. And, yeah. you know, I think so it is interesting because there are certainly whether it's, you know, Metromile or ClearCover, we have these startups that are in the personal line space. And we have to assume that like this is has to be one of those just like, you know, for as hard as this is for certain companies, you know, several articles talk about, you know, sort of, I think what's interesting about insurance versus maybe insure tech is yeah. you think about life and annuities, you know, yeah. there's, you know, it's very hard if you're a life insurance company, to, you know, to make returns, uh, you know, in this market. But if you're an insure tech, you've seen an amazing uptick in the people who now say, wow, I need life insurance. So we think about how this has helped people understand the value of insurance. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal about fabric you know, and how like, people are now sort of flocking to, you know, sort of these products. And you think about the, uh, you know, sort of contactless underwriting, all of it's sort of being tested in, you know, like real time. And we're seeing <laughs> you know, the benefits. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the tested in real time because I remember the calls was like really uh, not crying, but sweating and panicking uh, decision makers and IT departments that were like really um, within days actually making things happen that we would have thought that would never happen in years. So big also respect to the industry. I think we're way stronger uh, than, than I would have bet. And I have to be very honest, I would have never thought that most insurers around the world would be able to 
pull going remote off is so quickly. Um, this morning we had a discussion with uh, one of uh, Germany's most successful agents for a large insurer whose name I don't name. <laughs> uh, but um, what he said actually is um, some people perceive the crisis as like a big threat to agents and the physical sale. But he said he has a feeling and he sees it in everyday work that now it's more important than ever that all the small mid-sized businesses are coming to him and asking him what to do and helping and, and maybe also reducing premiums or I don't know, having a fleet of 10 big trucks. How can you, you know, stop, stop premium for that and, and things like that. So what do you think? Is it, is it, will it accelerate the, the, the decay of physical sales and agents and brokers or do we see a renaissance? Well, I'm going to go on the optimistic side for agents and brokers. And I do. And I really hope that this is going to accelerate the development of tools for them. I mean, last year at ITC, we launched Agency Connect and it was sort of, you know, it was a yeah. show within a show. I, you know, we truly believe that, yes, there are, you know, we think about one of our favorite companies uh, of Bold Penguin that's trying to, you know, sort of digitize, quote, to bind for the small enterprises where, you know, there are policies that it's just expensive to have a human involved, you know, yeah. so it makes sense that for certain policies, you need to be able to do it digitally. But to your point, you know, you know, above a certain size policy and complexity, you need a human. And so how yeah. do we make these humans able to do more faster? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I certainly hope that. And if we have a chance to highlight some of that innovation, we will. You know, this year we've been doing some work with uh, Broker Tech Ventures to, again, you know, try to bring more innovation to, yeah, to, to the broker world. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting to see. Um, we have um, uh, insights into a few a few brokers, a large broker organization, or, or MGAs, uh, and 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 different legal you know shades that are different here in Europe. Um, <clears throat> to see um, that, um, especially complex products, but also um, sometimes simple things uh, are really um, you know demand a, a person involved. But what they see now, one person I actually uh, talked to a few days ago said. He's super. They never did anything with video consulting and with anything. They always went to the client very, you know, conservative and especially here in the Hamburg area. Um, it was, it was some things are traditional. Um, and he said, it's unbelievable how many meetings you actually can do and how many sales uh, or actually consulting sessions you can do in a day when you do it. You know, don't need to drive around the traffic all day. And he was like, oh my god, we should have done this already way earlier. And especially for existing clients, I mean, of course they like our coffee. We have good coffee or tea. That's okay. But I mean, they're happy when they, you know, can spend more time with the family and not, you know, see my face all day. And I thought this was quite interesting to see. Maybe I, I think it's will be a acceleration of uh, innovation, but I don't like the word innovation because it sounds something like something nice you should do. Like when Katya tells me I should do sport, but it's more like, it's like surviving necessity. You know, it's like you, you need to do this or, um, or you have big, big problems. And I know from insurer that have tremendous problems or I don't know, one of the largest sales organization doesn't have an uh, electronic signature. The number of sales goes down to, and that's not, you know, that's a zero without a number in front of it. Yeah. So big, big uh, topics. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. You think about the mortgage industry and, and sort of new home purchases here in the U.S. And it was yeah. always been around, you know, if you wanted to close, you sat down in person and you had to. So you're right. There's definitely a regulatory component here that yeah. will make things possible. You know, it was a 
hard to know whether to laugh or to cry because the governor of uh, of you know New York you know said you can get married over Zoom basically that you don't have to go in person to get you know the marriage you know sort of like certificate and by the way you 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 said it great which is the what happens when people get used to certain things and I think yeah. that's probably the yeah you know, because if you and I were were a client and I was your broker and I said not nah, you know what, I'm not going to come to you. Let's just do this over Zoom. You'd sort of feel insulted, like I don't care about you. But you're yeah. right. Maybe now people realize that, okay, this is efficient. We like it. And so the the, the bar for what becomes in person and what doesn't changes yeah. and does allow people to be more efficient, you know, after we come back to what we're used to. Or um, what I really like about the idea is when we see what this, I think the longer it takes, the more used we are going to be. I think now we are still a little bit nimble, but if this takes on two or three, four weeks uh, more, then I think the world will change dramatically because people will not return to, I don't know, commute three hours a day uh, to go to a job in a house. They could do also from their own uh, uh, situation there. But I also think for InsurTech, it's quite interesting, uh, the regulatory things aside, or even for insurers, that you now actually can um, I don't know, operate worldwide, get clients worldwide, actually, uh, and, and serve them without having the need of, an, of a local office, you know, the regulatory things put aside. That could be something super interesting. Or even for us as a consulting company, we have most clients from Europe or people that want to come to Europe, but um, and, and a few outside like Emirates and Asia. But now we can we can say we are the, the I don't know, the, the ninja uh, unit for insurance and banks. And, and now I don't have a problem to serve somebody in Japan I never saw. I think that's super interesting for a lot of um, niche players, insurers, insurtechs to see that they can expand globally without the cost attached. Yeah, I yeah, know you're right. There's because there is the, as you said, there's the technological and, and some of the cultural changes. Uh, right? Hey, we have an office of thousands of people. We now have to buy laptops. We have to, you know, train people on how to work from home who haven't yeah. already. And you're right, it, the insurance community. And insurers deserve an immense amount of credit for how quickly they've been able to adapt and you know keep yeah. a semblance of business as usual for their clients. I mean, is yeah. no shortage of praise is deserved. And so, but I think as you as you talk about what happens if this continues, it's easy for us to think about the economic impact of this type of thing. But I think a a you know interesting and you you touched on it is the sort of societal impact, this the shifting of norms and you know, how does that, you know, sort of stick and what sticks yeah. and what doesn't stick. And then, you know, that is some of the most interesting things because these are the types of things that will impact future generations where they might point back and go, yeah, I, you know, we never used to do this until this happened. So there is, right? I think yeah. we, we're all flexing. Some things are going to sort of uh, kind of like elastic, they're going to come back to where they were, yep. and other things will be, you know, forever changed. Too early to predict, but kind of amazing to think that we're witnessing that in real time. Yeah, but uh, um, I think you have a lot of um, segments in society that are really like suffering. People at home, people without work, people, you know, I mean, the the the, the, the unemployment numbers in, in the U.S. are horrible. Or here, even you get sent home, get only a fraction of your pay. And if your pay was not enough to make ends 
make ends means uh, you are now in a terrible position. So, you know, it's the same thing with own tra the dramas only in your own life. Uh, ten years later or five years later, it's a funny story at a cocktail party. But in the moment, it surely does not feel like it. Um, yeah, so what, what I really like, what you said is that, that yeah. No, no, and, and you're right, which is this is a horrible human tragedy. And, yeah. you know, we do hope that, you know, that real good will come from it. It's always a terrible thing to think that, you know, sometimes extreme, you know, sort of pain or, you know, sort of dislocation has to be the cause for long term, yeah. you know, sort of improvement. And, and you're right. I mean, all of us, I think we are who are used to working from home and able to work from home. You know, you you just you always. I think every day we have to stop and appreciate that we are very lucky, and yeah. and to hope that we can find ways, you know, to help others and appreciate the fact that, you know, uh, you know that others aren't necessarily in the same boat. And again, it's why I've always enjoyed insurance because it's an industry that is about serving others at its core. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and we already got some uh, some some comments and questions. Uh, uh, and Bobby um, asked uh, from from Ben Akiva, you also know also at ITC um, uh, any updates. And I think if I may summarize uh, all the updates of uh, the if I may read between the lines, they're trying really hard, and everybody is hoping uh, that we make it happen. Um, then uh, Philip Lafreniere from from Slice, uh, we have on the show uh, in the, the week after next week. Um, he also says that behavioral shifts is uh, super interesting. And what I like about your point, uh, Jay, what I take away from it is that some things will swing back. We will see restoration probably of certain things, and some things will change forever. And I think that's something uh, um, super. I, I need to think about probably uh, tonight. Uh, um, which one will we want? Yeah, I think it, it is hard because we like certainty, right? Insure certainty. We all yeah. like a little bit of certainty. And here, the only thing that is certain is that it's uncertain. So it is a, yeah. you know, it is definitely not the easiest world, you know, for us to try to like, you know, find clarity because it's a collection of data points that's sort of like a puzzle. We get a new puzzle piece flipped over every day, but we almost don't know if this is a puzzle piece that goes with this puzzle piece. And we don't even know if this is the right puzzle. Yeah, it reminds me of my kids. Yeah, they've got this like box of puzzles, and on the back of the piece is like a, a, a square, a circle, a diamond, and so I could be flipping over a puzzle piece to the wrong puzzle, and, and that's, that's what it, it feels like, you know, as we're in this. Jay, thank you, thank you very much for for sharing all of that, and thank you very much for you know in, in the middle of this uncertainty, giving us some some updates on the industry, on InsureTech, on the community, and of course uh, on ITC. Um, uh, I think uh, we have a, we have a, we always thank our you know listeners here, or at least the, the people commenting and liking, like Lorca and Bobby, Tom J, Matthias. We have the audience from around the world, from from Canada, from the US, from India, from Germany, from. Uh, I think the Netherlands and, and Ireland, don't to forget, sorry Lord, for, for, the, for that one. Um, so we have, we have people from all around the world and I think uh, we are all united in the, in the dear wish that uh, ITC as other events we're really looking forward to. Um, we'll see us there again and um, in the meantime we find maybe ways uh, to, to serve the community uh, also, also, also digitally. Um, Jay, thank you very much for your time. Um, uh, one question I always ask uh, at the end is, is there anything the, uh, the community and the people watching can do for you, except, you know, for keeping the fingers crossed? Yes, yes. Well, you know, I would say my plug is if anyone watching would just go to webinars.insuretechconnect.com. You know, yeah. we, uh, you know, are 
trying to find our ways that we can keep the community sort of informed and connected. And Robin, I think you deserve an immense amount of credit for, you know, sort of this live appearance every day. And, and that's it, right? We, we have yeah. more friends than we may know. We wouldn't yeah. exist if it weren't for a global community of insurance. Can't thank the people watching enough. Can't thank you enough for the chance to, you know, to, to be here. Jay, thank you very much. Thank you.